Father, Lord, we just thank you for today, Lord. We thank you for the way that you work in our lives, Lord, just um, giving us opportunities to be able to share your word with others, Lord, and even bringing, um, bringing people along just when we need it to um, help us on our way or protecting us from um, things that could have been quite more dangerous. Or we also just thank you for the safe delivery of a little aria win, Lord, and we just... Um, we just, there's so much to thank and praise you, Lord, for just because of who you are. And we just thank you and praise you for everything you've done in our lives and everything you continue to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For me. But um, <laughs> go ahead and turn in our Bibles to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. And... We're just going to go over three verses tonight. I just hope to be an encouragement to you tonight that we can use the Word of God. I love these verses. I love what they mean. Hopefully, um, with the Lord's help, I'll be able to just be an encouragement with the Word of God tonight. And the Bible says, Hebrews chapter 4, verse number 14. Go ahead and start reading there. The Bible says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest... That is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our profession. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time. Of need. Let's go ahead and pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just once again come before you, Lord, and right now I do need your grace and I do need your mercy to be able to communicate your word. I just pray that you would um, bless this message, Lord, and that you would um, speak to hearts, speak to each one here in this room, and that we could know more about you tonight and be encouraged because of who you are tonight. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. There are times, as, as we try, if I go back a little bit to the message this morning, as we try to do what we have heard from the Word of God, as we try to uh, do what God has told us to do, as we try to live for God, at times it can just be tough. When the Monday comes around, when the Friday comes around, when the days just get longer, it can be tough trying to serve God. It can just get frustrating or the trials can just stack up and you're going life circumstances are just bearing down and they're getting a little too hard to bear at this time and sometimes it seems like just relaxing just letting go for a little bit is going to be the answer is going to be all we can do just to take some of the stress of trying to live just slow down a little bit let off a little bit when I was thinking about letting off a little bit I thought about pulling shingles up on a rope at Union Baptist Church. Now, um, we were pu- pulling up, if anybody knows anything about shingles, they were um, quarter squares. But that, what it means is about that long, about that wide, and weighs around 80 pounds, 80, 85 pounds. And what we do is you take a rope and you tie it around it, and then you have it on a pulley all the way up, up at the top, and then you just, one guy would stick, they'd, He'd stand on the bottom, tie it off, and then pull it up to the guy on top. We'd have to grab it, swing it up over the rail and put it down, throw you the rope, and you do it again. Well, 
we were doing it in the back section, and I was only pulling it up about 30 feet. It wasn't too bad. I mean, you pull up 13 bundles of shingles, you're tired. But uh, when we were doing it on the front section, we were pulling them up so we could finish the towers. That's about 60 feet. And it seemed like those extra 20 feet there, those were just murderous. Because usually you pulled it up so far and you could take a break. But you're pulling it up that extra 20 feet on each pool. And while I only pulled up like 12 bundles, it felt like I pulled up about 25 bundles. Just because of the extra height difference there. And so I'm there and I'm just like, I don't know if I can keep going. And sometimes that's just how the Christian life feels. Sometimes as we're trying to live for God, it feels like every spiritual muscle in our body is tight, tense, overwrought, and you're just pulling and going, and you're like, I don't know if I can go any farther with this. But because of who Jesus is, we can move forward. Because of who Jesus is, we can keep on going. Because of who Jesus is... We don't have to get tired. We don't have to let go of the rope. We don't have to stop living for God because of who Jesus is. And that's what I'd like to preach on tonight is just because of who Jesus is. Because of who Jesus is. Now, a little bit of background in the book of Hebrews. We don't know. There's Great debates have been argued over who wrote the book of Hebrews. That really doesn't matter. What matters is the word of God. But we do know that the book of Hebrews was written to Hebrews. It was written to Jewish people who were trying to live for God. They were scattered around. And for the Jewish people, the temptation was very great to go back to Judaism, to go back to where they were. Because it was such a part of their culture, it was such a part of their family, when they became saved, they were kicked out of the synagogue. In fact, even to this day, among very strict Jewish people, if someone leaves the Jewish faith, it's been recorded that some fathers have gone out to their family plot and planted a gravestone and said, this is the day my son died because he left the Jewish faith. It, is that, it was that intense part of who they were to be a Jewish person. And now, because Gentiles were a large part of the, Jew, of the Christian faith, they had been, the, a Jewish believer was now alienated from the synagogue. He was alienated from his family, from those who hadn't been saved. And the temptation, the Old Testament is part of the Bible. In fact, all the preaching that Paul did was from the Old Testament. All the preaching that Peter did, that Jesus did, was from the Old Testament. The problem was the Jude- Judaism had since stopped worshiping the God of the Old Testament and begun worshiping their traditions, had stopped seeking the God of the Old Testament and began to make themselves righteous by what they did. So they couldn't go back to Judaism because it, isn't, it wasn't the gospel. The gospel was Jesus Christ, buried, died on the cross, buried and rose again. But the temptation was to pull them back into their old lifestyle. It would be easier just to let some things go. Just a little bit. You have to excuse me. My voice is going out a little bit. <clears throat> but, the person, who, whoever it was who wrote the book of Hebrews, the theme all through the book of Hebrews is Jesus is better. 
He starts at the beginning and he talks about how Jesus is better than the angels. And how Jesus, all the things that Judaism had, all the things that the Old Testament has, he begins to go through the priesthood, through the sacrifices, through this, how the word of God came. It doesn't come through prophets anymore. It came through Jesus Christ himself. God came to the earth and gave us the word of God. And he's going through, Jesus is better. Jesus is the fulfillment of the Old Testament. You don't need to go back because we have Jesus now. You don't need to go back to the Old Testament law because Jesus has fulfilled the law. You don't need to do the sacrifices anymore because Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. He is, his blood is so much better than the blood of goats and of bullocks. And he, through the entire book of Hebrews, the theme is Jesus is better we can go forward because of who Jesus is. We don't need to go back till eventually he gets to Hebrews chapter 12 verses many of us know very well. Very, we're foreseeing we're compassed about with a great cloud of witness, witnesses. Let us run the race with patience. Let's run with patience the race which is set before us. Go, we need to move forward because, and the key to that is verse number two, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He's saying, all through the book of Hebrews is, we need to move forward because of who Jesus is. And he's trying to challenge them to press on for Christ, not to fall back on their old way of life. And in this passage, up, the context leading up to this passage is, he's been, the writer's been talking about entering into the rest that God has for us. And how the people in the Old Testament who were wandering in the wilderness never reached the promised land because of their unbelief. Because they didn't believe in that God was able to take care of them. They didn't believe that God was greater than the giants, that God could provide for them in the wilderness. And because of their unbelief, the whole generation didn't get to go into the promised land. We know the story of that. The whole generation didn't go into the promised land. They didn't get to get, they, didn't, they weren't able to enjoy what God had planned for them. And then the writer turns and says, and earlier he says, verse number 11, it says, Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest, lest any man should fall after the same example of unbelief. And then he begins to talk about the word of God and how it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And it's piercing. He knows the word of God knows everything about us. Excuse me. Neither is there any creature, verse 13, neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and opened unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So he's leading, all of that is leading up to these verses. It says, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. He's trying to convince, we need to move forward, keep moving forward. And he starts off with, here, we have a great high priest. Now, he tells us who this high priest is, obviously. It says, Jesus, the Son of God. It says, is passed into the heavens. Jesus is alive. Jesus, um, or we have a great high priest that's present tense. It isn't someone who's in the past. We have our great high priest who is alive, who is now passed into the heavens for us. And that means he's sitting in heaven. He knows what's going on. We have a great high priest. And then it says in verse number 15, For we have not an high priest which cannot 
be touched with the feeling of our firmities. He's using a double negative here. He's saying, we have a high priest who can be touched with our firmities. He says, our high priest isn't someone who can't feel what we're going through. Because in all points he was tempted um, like as we are, yet without sin. He's saying our high priest can feel our infirmities, the struggles that we are going through. The reason why Jesus is our great high priest, one of the reasons is, he knows and has experienced the very struggles that we are going through. Sometimes, one of the greatest um, tools the devil uses is the thing, nobody knows what I'm going through. Nobody knows the struggle that I'm going through. And maybe somebody physically or physically around you, they don't necessarily, they may not know about it, or they may not truly understand the struggle you're going through. But that is one of the greatest tools the devil uses, is to get you to where you feel all alone, that nobody is really knowing what you're going through, that you're just there, all by yourself, suffering greater than anybody else has ever suffered. And how can God expect me to live for Him? How can God expect me to do what's right when I'm the only one in the world who's ever suffered like this? And if we allow ourselves to go on that merry-go-round, we'll eventually end up there. To the, where the point where, no, I'm all alone, nobody's ever suffered like this. But, he's saying, no, we have a great high priest. We have Jesus Christ, who is touched. That means He can feel it. He can sympathize with us. He knows what we're going through. He knows the struggles we're going through. He can feel the pain because He is God. But also this, when He was on this earth, it says, was tempted, was in all points tempted. That means He was tried with the very same struggles that we are going through today. Jesus Christ was. Jesus Christ had, went through the same trials and temptations and sufferings. But there's a big difference, yet without sin. Yet without sin in that Jesus Christ can be our great high priest because He is perfect. Never once did Jesus sin. And because Jesus is perfect, He is able to help us. Later in chapter 5, the writer of Hebrews is going to begin to go into how the Levitical priesthood, they were men. And even though they were priests, they had to offer sacrifices for their own sin because they were of the people. Though they experienced similar sufferings, they failed in a similar way. But because Jesus Christ has never failed, He is truly able to help us. An illustration of this that came to my mind is if you were drowning, you would not want me to jump in there and try to help you. Because there would be two drowning people. I can't swim. What you'd want is you want somebody who either can swim or somebody who's on the shore to throw you something so he can help you or she can help you. Throw you a life preserver or come beside you in a boat and pull you up. Two drowning people, one drowning person, and a person who can't swim who jumps in to save you equals two drowning people. And so often we look for our comfort when we're going through trials. We look for someone to come alongside us and help us. And at times that can be a great encouragement, but at other times it can end up just being two drowning people. It can be, you ask someone to come along beside you, and they can be struggling with the exact same trial that you're going through. They can be having the same discouraging thoughts that you're going through. And how can they help you if they're going through the same, if they're the, um, 
open to the same struggles you are. But he's saying, we have a great high priest. Who, while he went through and can feel every suffering you're going through, never once sinned. He's perfect. And he's able to reach down there and give you the help that you need. The writer here is striving to help them understand that Jesus is better. Jesus is greater. That because of who Jesus is, because of who He is, we can live the Christian life. Because of who Jesus is, there's two things He said here. We can hold, in verse number 14 it says, let us hold fast our profession. Now that isn't talking about Let us make sure we keep ourselves safe. That is not what it's talking about at all. But it's talking about, let us hold fast to the things that we believed in. We know that we are, if we are saved, our salvation is not dependent on the fact that we hold on to Jesus, but the, Jesus said, I am, um, those in John chapter 10, he talks about how they are in his hand and his hand is in the Father's hand and how we have eternal life, neither shall any man pluck them out of the Father's hand. Our eternal salvation is not dependent upon us, but we can be rest secure that if we are saved, we are in the Father's hand. We are in Jesus' hand, which is in the Father's hand. Neither shall any man pluck them out of the Father's hand. So what is he talking about? Let us hold fast to our profession. What he's saying is the very things that we have believed in, the doctrine that has come to you that you believed in to be saved, don't leave it. Keep on. Keep pressing on. We don't want to leave what the doctrine that's, that you believe to be saved is good enough for you to live today, even though the struggles of life come upon you. You still need to hold fast to that. It has the idea there of grasping and holding on to. I got a whole new appreciation for the idea of holding on to something when you're 60 feet in the air. It gives a whole new appreciation for that. We, there was one time when I was working on one of the corners for the, the woodwork that's coming around. And I'm sitting on the scaffolding so I can kind of reach, and it's safe. There's safety bars around, but my feet are hanging over the boards. I'm sitting here like this, and my feet are hanging over the boards. The only problem is my feet aren't touching the wood down here. There's 50 feet between my feet and the ground. I'm just sitting there hanging over. Now, there's safety rails. We have it all, you know, OSHA approved, all the, the right things in there. But I'm sitting there, and there's 50 feet of nothing. And I look over and I tell my dad, I'm like, hey, dad, I've been in a deer stand before, but this is a whole new level. I'm just sitting there and my feet are on. And you know what? I'm, I'm holding on to something there. It gives a whole new appreciation for the word, hold on. Let's hold on to our profession. Why? I had my safety harness on, and it was looped around stuff. But I really don't want to test and see whether that thing is going to work. I want to make sure that I'm holding on to something so I don't go for a ride. That would make a great story if I survive. But, I'm holding on to something. When we're up there and we're taking down the scaffolding, I have my harness looped off to something. And I'm saying, I am holding on to something and I'm trying. The boards are shaking a little bit. And I'm like, this is scary. But that's why I did it and didn't make sure my dad... Didn't have to be up that high. He was on the roof lowering the parts. Because I'm scared, but he's worse on heights than I am. But he, he knows what he's doing. So we let him tell us what to do, and then we get up there so he doesn't have to get up there. But that gives a whole new idea to the word, 
hold on to. And that's what the writer of Hebrews here is saying is, hey, what you've been given is good enough to hold on to. It's good enough for your life. It's good enough for you to live by. It was good enough to save you. It's good enough to live by. Don't let go. Because of who Jesus is, we don't need to let go. Because of who Jesus is, we don't need something new. We need to simply hold on to what we've already had. Don't go back on what you've already believed. This is what we believe, so let's obey it. Even though at times life gets hard, even though at times there's struggles, it doesn't seem like in my own strength I can move on at all. But because of who Jesus is, we can move on. That's one of my favorite verses. Verse number 16, it says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We can, because of who Jesus is, because Jesus is our high priest, because if you've been saved today, Jesus is your Father the Bible says we can boldly come before the throne of grace. It means confidently. You know what? Someone who knows people in that office can walk in. Somebody who knows the people, the owner of the office, can walk in fine. But we're not the owner. But we're the son of the owner. If we're saved today, we're the son of the daughter of the owner. We don't have to worry about what other people said. The, another idea of the word boldly is openly. We don't have to come crawling into, I wonder if anybody sees me. No. Because of who Jesus is, we have the right to come before the throne of God. We can walk in and we're, we're welcome. We're allowed just to walk right in, just like we're the son or the daughter of the king. Because if we're saved, we are. It says we can boldly come before the throne of grace. Obviously, that's speaking about heaven come before the Lord in prayer. But it says the throne of grace. Think about that for a second. The throne of grace. We might say the throne of the kingdom of David. That means the ruling of the kingdom of David. The place where, the king, where orders come from the king of David. The control is there. How about the throne of grace? All grace, the control of it, is there at the throne of God. It isn't like we have to go over here where we go to the building department. We have to go over here and get my paper stamped and then come over to this office and get my paper stamped. And then I finally can come in this and say, you, you forgot a T, you got to go back. you got, you got to go back over this one, then this one before you can get the grace of God. No, it's all wrapped up right there in the throne of God. We can come before God and everything we need, all the grace in the world, is available right with God. And we can confidently approach because of who Jesus is. And it is from God, because Jesus is our high priest, we can receive all the help we need for us to move forward for God. Every day we need mercy. We need grace. We need mercy Pastor has given the, um, the definition of mercy as from the victor given what they don't deserve to the defeated. What we are is we come before God and say, God, I can't handle this situation. I can't move forward anymore. I can't keep doing this on my own. 
I can't defeat this sin that is in my life. I can't deal with this coworker anymore. Whatever you want to put in there. But when we, come, when we bring it before God, he says, here's some mercy. When we bring it before the throne of God, he says, here's what you need. And says, obtain mercy. Grab a hold of it. Again, obtain. Get a hold of it. Give it to you for your very own. And find grace. Um, Brother Dave Hardy has um, given the definition of grace as the ability and desire to do the will of God. The ability and the desire to do the will of God. And when you're dealing with that difficult person or when that temptation is just bearing down on you, you need grace. You need the ability and the desire to do what God has told you to do. And that's all available to each Christian because of who Jesus is. It's freely available. It says, find grace to help in time of need. When that time comes, or in any time, if we really think about it, almost every time we try to do anything is a time of need. As human beings, we are all so frail. We don't really know necessarily what we're doing. But we can find help in time of need because of who Jesus is. We have all we need to live the Christian life because of who Jesus is. We can hold fast our profession. We can keep moving forward because we have full access to the throne of God because of who Jesus is. Jesus knows exactly what we're going through. He knows exactly the struggle, the trial. And the Bible even says He can feel it. He can be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. And because of who Jesus is, we can hold on. We can keep moving forward. We don't have to go back. Because of who Jesus is, we have full access to all the mercy, help, and grace that we so desperately need each and every day. We have everything we need in Jesus. We do. But that means we need to go before the throne of grace. That's the challenge tonight. Is when the struggles get hard, which is every single day, when, when, when the trials just come upon, because when we try to do it on our own, guess what we're not relying on? The grace of God. Guess what we're not relying on? The mercy of God. Every situation that comes in requires the mercy and grace of God. Now, sometimes, sure, we can get through a situation. But it sure would be better with each, in, in my own life, in each one of our lives, with each situation that comes into our life, we would have a better answer. We would actually maybe enjoy what we're doing if we would just rely on the mercy and grace of God. There's times where, you know, I'm working over it when in the past, it hasn't been a while, which is for a little time has been nice, but um, where you're working over at um, Union Baptist or whatever we're doing, and you're like, man, I just want the day to be over right now. And I, what I'm doing, I'm not enjoying serving the Lord at that point because I'm just trying to get through the day. What I'm doing, I didn't go before the throne of grace. I didn't get the grace and mercy I need. When we do... A lot of times we can even enjoy the things that some people would say, you're crazy. You're crazy. What are you doing with that? 
Because we have the tendency to let things slip, to begin to go back when we forget who Jesus is. But when we, God has everything we need if we'll only come and get it. Because we have everything we need in Jesus. We can move forward for God because we have a great high priest. We don't need to go back. We don't need to stop. We can move forward because of who Jesus is. So as we pray tonight, as we pray for our church, tonight we're praying for the ministries of the church. Our church needs to move forward. Our attendance has been going down a little bit. Now everything isn't about numbers. Every, but I believe God would like to see our church grow. I'd like to see our church full of people coming to worship the Lord. You know what we need? The mercy and grace of God. We need to come before God as we witness, as we do whatever, whatever the situation is in our life. We need to come before the throne of God because everything we need is in Jesus. We can move forward because of who Jesus is. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for who you are, Lord. And we just pray that we would truly trust you and seek everything we need from you. And we'll just take a moment before we finish that prayer. If you need to come forward or just pray there in your seat. We won't have the piano play. Just take a moment.